Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for clicking on this episode and joining us here at the Melanated Intellects Podcast. My name is Patrice. And my name is Shayla. We are here to talk about everyday melanated topics while bringing a distinct intellectual perspective. Thanks so much for joining. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. And thank you for clicking on this episode. And this episode, we, um, if you listened to us last season, we had our 2020 version of this, which was times of transition. And we just like to reflect uh, back on, you know, the year uh, with the new year um, really being here at this point. And so for our 2021 reflections, we wanted to focus on healing, not healed. Um, So we'll be talking about that today. Um, So you're in for a treat. Um, and I think what we really wanted to start with was our own personal definition of that saying, right? Mm-hmm. And if, if you've heard prior episodes this season, you've heard me say that one, at least a time or two on a couple different episodes. And I think for me, it just kind of represents growth. Like I've come a long way, but I'm still growing And so, um, you know, we'll talk about this later in this episode about self-awareness, but once you start to become more self-aware of yourself and of others, I can sometimes identify that I'm not, I'm, I haven't grown to the point to be able to deal with, accept, or gracefully navigate a certain situation, even though I may have grown to be able to do that in another situation. So I'm just Mm -hmm. aware enough of myself to be able to, that's me saying like, I've come a long way, (laughs) but it's not, I'm not finished. So (laughs) this Mm -hmm. situation, uh, is still bothersome to me. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's what it means to, for me. And and that's what I mean when I say it. Um, and I think it's good to acknowledge that, um, growth is not a one time or even a two, two time type of situation Mm -hmm. It's really a lifelong journey. And so I don't know that I will ever be healed. Like, I don't know that I will ever reach that point. Um, just because the more, you know, the more, you know, you don't know. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I'll ever truly feel that way, but I think it's a good reminder to put yourself in that mindset because if, you, if you're a person, and I think I can confidently speak for Patrice, if you're a person that's ambitious, right, you like goals, you like to feel accomplished, it was really hard in the beginning of my journey to understand that my journey with this is never done because I'm a person mm-hmm. that likes to complete things. I like for it to be finished. I like to mark it off my list. I like to check market Um and this just isn't one of those things. And so um, it's it's a good reminder for yourself and for others. And it's honesty. You being honest, like, right. I came a long way, but not that far. Not far enough mm-hmm. to do that. So mm-hmm. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yes. I, I feel like um, our community li- likes to say, he ain't through with me yet, you know? Yeah. Uh that that kind of parallels for me to therapy that was my first thought was I need to hit this milestone so I can get over this and get to whatever I thought normal was it's funny um when I think about the first conversation I went to my therapist when she said why do you think you need therapy understanding how (laughs) things have progressed grown and just taking a whole different approach to life and outlook in its own since then it's just mind-blowing for me and um 
she definitely had to set the expectation with me a couple of times. Like your growth doesn't stop. Personal development should never stop, especially if you know you're someone who deals with depression, anxiety, etc. The goal is to have a better way to deal with these things and cope with these um, societal pressures or um, conditioning that we've learned from our culture or our families or our upbringing or just the world we live in, you know, on this side of the country, whatever that means. Um, it's important to take a look at that and learn better, especially if you feel like what you're doing right now isn't working for you. It's exhausting. It's um, crippling. It caused, it's causing you to burn out. For me, my thing was I'm a very passionate person and some would say it was anger, but I definitely spoke up about every single thing. Now, if you think about that in hindsight, if you spend all day addressing every single problem that you encounter because you're overprotective of the people you love or you are very um, forthcoming and you are committed to being real and honest and all time at all times, it gets exhausting. And so I knew for me personally, I had to re take a different outlook at things. Um, I found myself to be a buzzkill because nobody got away with shit. <laughs> it didn't matter mm -hmm. if it was Thanksgiving, Easter, I didn't care. You was going to find out how I felt whenever, you know, et cetera. And, you know, so an example would be, I had to learn that, being put back in these situations, how to better cope with it. And also understanding that that is my history. You know, you know better when you acknowledge your history. If you know this is something you have dealt with, making sure you continue on a steady growth path. But like you said, I don't know that I'll ever be able to say I don't deal with this anymore because I always question myself. OK, how do I want to go about this? I may not question myself about the same things because of growth. So it may look different, but I'm probably going to always have that conversation with myself about how I react to certain situations to make sure that I am putting myself first, but also not silencing, but also acknowledging myself as well. So, and it's going to look different for everybody, you know, um, healing and not being healed is real. <laughs> it's, it's just all about growth, especially when you're coming out of a, maybe a, it was a life changing moment whether it be the pandemic, the loss of a loved one, or just in general, really realizing that you are not on the path you want to be on, that can really stunt you and trigger something. And it's okay to look back and say, I want to do better. And you go through this whole change mile and hit this big milestone. It doesn't mean it's over. You still are working on it. You are still making steps towards it. And the, and the world around you doesn't change. You know, the chaos in the world right now, your family or whatever it was that got you there, that don't change. And sometimes you have to understand what that means to go on and move forward um, despite still trying to work on ourselves. Yeah, I think it's about understanding that you are a work in progress and you will continuously be a work in progress. Mm -hmm. um, and it's good to have checkpoints and check yourself and make mm -hmm. sure that you're still moving in a positive direction at a speed that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but not so much in a way that you're upset or bothered that you're not where you want to be because where you want to be is this, you know, has no limit, very, has a lot of ambiguity around it, right? Like it's, it's mm -hmm. not this measurable thing that you can really get to per se, but there's right. pieces and parts you can work on and the overall picture may be eventually where you want to get to. So, right. um, 
that's just food for thought, something to think about. Um, mm-hmm. Next question here is what does building while healing look like for you? What does that look like? There's a lot of strategy and acknowledging that has to be done. Me knowing that I'm coming from a space where I am still working on healing, I have to make sure that I, I check in with myself and I make time for me. When I'm in a space where my energy shifts and it's not for the positive, I need to know how to leave that space if that's what needs to happen. If I'm in a position throughout the day when I'm overwhelmed or when um, the world is triggering, you know, maybe I opened my social media and saw something and I'm triggered. That doesn't mean go right back to work. That means take a minute, check in with yourself. Um, and it is very strategic. You have to acknowledge it. It is definitely possible to continue to build your business, to continue to, you know, um, lead your family, to continue to work as well while you're still in a healing space. There are things that need to be done, however, because I think it's very easy for us to get lost in terms of what productivity means and oftentimes put healing on the back burner. Mm. And I think that allows opportunity for upper limit syndrome to slip in and pull us right back down where we started to where we're just going in the cycle. I think it's important for us to have a check-in. You have to be intentional about your healing. It's something you have to make space for. You have to dedicate time for and practice for as well. No one's perfect at it. I'm not going to pretend like I do yoga every single morning because I don't. Sometimes I want to sleep in. But you can't take away from those days where you need to sleep in. You got to listen to yourself. Sometimes you need that time. That doesn't mean you're not being productive. Productive. I did some additional research. And I, only, I guess I shouldn't say research because I believe it's just a blog. But the writer really has a great way of kind of connecting some points that really stood out to me. And that sometimes, especially in the mental health and the spiritual space of these conversations, we talk so much about working on ourselves. It assumes that something needs to be fixed. And mm. I think that ties into toxic productivity. And I think that she does a really good job of talking about undoing that toxic productivity because we live in a social media space and world where Everything is measured on what we're doing, whether it's posting all the time, you know, whether it's looking pretty in our photos, going places, traveling, et cetera. We have so many different measures of success that are really supposed to just be the things that we we just love. Like if you love travel, no matter how often you travel, it shouldn't be a measure of how much you love travel and whether or not you are building a brand and blah, 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 blah. Like maybe you just want to post about travel or maybe you don't. Maybe you only go once a year, but you still love travel. That doesn't mean you love it any less than the next person because they go all the time or they can afford to. And there's so much measurements in terms of what we're posting, how we're posting it, how frequent we're posting that I feel like we tend to get our value out of what we're doing. And it's important to also check in. And sometimes that means don't do anything. That's also a level of productivity. You know, when you're trying to heal from whatever trauma you've experienced that year, the year before childhood, whatever, you're trying to honor that childhood self. Sometimes that means having a creative outlet. Sometimes that means having a space where you do absolutely nothing. Maybe you're an introvert and you need a time to recharge. Like it's important to acknowledge that 
And I think that we are very custom, especially through capitalism, uh, measuring ourselves on everything we're putting out and not so much of what we're putting into ourselves. Mm. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree with all of that. And as always, if, if you're new to our platform or if you haven't heard us say this before, the resources will be in the description. Mm-hmm. Um, any articles and resources and things like that that we have referenced. Um, okay, so when I think about healing and building collaboratively there's so many things that come to mind so for one because I'm glad you mentioned people kind of putting themselves or their healing journey or any journey for that matter on the back burner for productivity Mm -hmm. so the first thing is there is always something to do yeah right the dishes always need to be clean the house needs to always be clean (laughs) some if you're if you're in a if you're in a role where you're a giver you know you're a parent you're a giving friend you're a loved one which most of us in some capacity are um you're needed Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, work. There's always something to do at work. Most likely, even if you're on PTO, you thinking about what you got to do to prepare to leave or when you come back. Mm-hmm. Right. So th- this concept that you should be productive first, <laughs> then put you second <laughs> is, is something where you would never come. You would never get on the list. Um, mm-hmm. No. And then I, I also think I am my most productive when I've put me first, like understanding what I need to be successful and what I need just to feel like Shayla mm-hmm. allows me to show up in a productive way. I've, I've impressed myself, you know, with learning, like I've recently like redid this schedule for myself and like I've combined old me and new me and the way that I'm attaching this, uh, attacking this schedule, which goes to my next point and understanding that like the time I took to understand what I needed when it came to structure and my schedule impacted my productivity in ways I can't even really explain to you. So mm-hmm. if I would have never taken the time to do it, it's, it's counterproductive, but you don't know that until you take a minute, sit down and reflect, but Mm -hmm. it's really counterproductive for you not to focus on, or to put you on the back burner, to put these healing items on the back burner. Um, and so my next point is healing while building. The other thing that comes to me is this, this concept of combining the old you and the new, and the new you. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, and I feel like it actually ironically may have been the times of transition episode, but don't quote me because I don't, I don't remember we record a lot. Um, but <laughs> somewhere in them episodes from last season, I was talking about how I was a very structured person for a very long time. And I kind of had this moment where something happened to me that sort of changed my perspective about that structure. And I went through, you know, an extended period of time, I guess, technically from the moment that event happened until the point where I'm able to verbalize this was actually like a couple years. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, things were happening slowly growth wise, but really it was a couple years before I was able to really bring it all together. But I'm a very structured person and I lived in this structure, but then this thing happened and then I understood that I chose that I didn't really want to live that way anymore, right? Like it's structure is appropriate for certain things, but my whole life didn't need to be that way and what I wanted became the forefront. So then for a certain period of time in my growth, it was kind of like, I can't stick to a schedule. 
because I don't mm-hmm. feel like doing what I scheduled at this time. Right. Then yep. it's like, well, now what I do. Mm-hmm. Right. So <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say the growth journey was over because it wasn't over, but it was time. I knew I sensed in my spirit. It was time to combine those two. And what ended up happening is I have this, I have this schedule A, B, C, and D. And mm-hmm. each day I choose whether I'm going to do schedule A, schedule B, schedule C, or schedule D. Right. Because, and I tried a, a lot of different things to get to this. So this wasn't the first thing I tried. I tried a couple of the things that didn't work. Right. But that gives me like, oh, and I can start the schedule whenever I want. Right. I have right. flexibility to start it whenever I want. So it doesn't need to start at 11 a.m. or 10 a.m. It just needs to start mm-hmm. when I say. But Mm -hmm. I still had a certain number of hours of things I wanted to do in a week. You know, I want to work on my melanated intellect stuff X amount of hours a week. So how do I still make sure that happens? So it took me years to get to this point where I had to take structure, goal oriented Shayla, who stood very much so in her masculine energy and new growth Shayla, who does need to consider what she wants, not just a goal that she wants to reach and who mm-hmm. lives more so in her feminine energy and combine the two. So mm-hmm. finding that harmony, not balance, because balance insinuates mm-hmm. 50-50. And I'm not saying at all 50-50. I'll probably always be a person that stands more in my masculine energy than my feminine one. Mm-hmm. But harmony to to with those two in order to work together to get me to be the best Shayla I can be and now the schedule I have is so much better than the old me could have ever imagined but I needed to sit down to take a look at that I needed to get over myself and be like you got to chill today it's okay that you didn't do whatever it is that you wanted to do Mm -hmm. um, and reflect so I hope that makes sense yeah absolutely absolutely you know, it's funny. It made me think about it because my strength is strategy. I'm very big on putting together a strategy. Now, strategy means that I am taking a plethora of whatevers, whether it be demands, tasks, conversations, uh, relationships, and I am laying out how I want to approach them and how they will impact one another, right? And what my ultimate goal is through all of that, right? The problem with that is that I lead everything. I have a habit of leading everything and leading everything to the extent that I am biting off way more than I can chew from the very beginning. I am assuming the leadership or leading this task or leading that or X, Y, Z of everything. When you do that and you have one week or just the rest of that evening in terms of time, you will find yourself fumbling through shit. Um, And I realize if I'm going to be strategic, I also need to pair that with a system that makes sense for me. I can't just do things. So to make more sense of that, if someone calls me and says, Patrice, I'm having trouble finding a white dress, I'm going to help them find a white dress right then and there even though I was in the middle of research for something for my blog, I will stop right there and do it. I'm going to lead the initiative and show them all these apps and the on the phone, share my screen, do whatever, whatever, and show them all these things as far as how they can find one, what type of you know material to look for, yada, yada. I don't say no, not right now. I'm going to lead everything that is thrown at me and that impacts my goals. But in my mind, I'm doing what's asked of me. And 
I have to find a harmony there because while I do want to be someone that people can rely on and go to, which again, that's a very literal concept, right? (laughs) Being someone that people can come to and go to for everything and reliable means one thing, but for me, it means in that very moment I'm available. And Mm. that's just not realistic. I have a life of my own. I have things that I need. And so finding systems that make sense, that work in a way that I can show up for them without fumbling, that is probably one of the biggest opportunities I feel like I have because I have very high expectations about me meeting that expectation. And as soon as I drop it, boom, that's it. And so I had to start really having those similar conversations with myself about what I needed and where am I the most productive. And I realized that I was not operating in a way or setting any expectations around things that made sense for me. And to that, it became a detriment because sure, I was dropping the ball all over the damn place, you know, (laughs) or either halfway getting to the field goal. I was not making sense of any of my productivity. And and at that point, I felt like I was missing everything, which now I'm like, oh, hell, Patrice, you ain't getting this shit right. You're fucking up all over the damn place. (laughs) But, you know, it takes having those conversations. And I think it also takes those life experiences because I don't think that we are conditioned. You know, one of the questions that... um, that of this article ask is, did I inherit or have I been exposed to unhealthy models of productivity that are currently contributing to excessive stress in my life? Did I inherit toxic productivity models from the culture in which I was raised? And I think every culture can align with that. And I think that for the African-American community, especially, we oftentimes will build ourselves productive on how we show up and how hard we work. And that's where mental health definitely does lack. I can speak to that because I am African-American, but um, I also want to acknowledge that many cultures deal with this. And I think she also highlights that really well. But I think that when it comes to asking yourself those tough questions of what do you need to be productive, that is where we often lack. And I feel like it took therapy and uh, really trying to dive into that because my therapist had to actually call it out to me recently and say you have not taken a break you may have taken two weeks off you know in between this and this situation and that situation but even during that time it was so you could shift into another situation you have not taken any time off and so I've had to make a commitment to myself for the rest of this year to be at ease and since I have made that commitment y'all I have been catching myself (laughs) obsessing over some of the dumbest things it's like I remove one thing and I turn around obsess over another because like you said something will always need to be done and I think it's important to be intentional. You have to be intentional because if you are so focused on whatever goals you have, whatever things need to be done, it is so easy to miss that ship. And before you know it, you look up three months and you're doing the same shit you were doing before and you're tired again, you're exhausted, you're burnt out, you're mentally drained and you don't have anything for yourself. Girl, it was so... (laughs) So I was like, I need to have my Christmas tree up at XYZ, make sure it's all decorated, I have the same, I make sure I have all these colors because I wanted to match my wreath. And then like, this is Patrice for you. I don't know why. And this is like real life. It's so sad. I know. But child, the way I was obsessing over this Christmas tree, I was like, Patrice, a Christmas tree should not be stressing you out. <laughs> like, 
because <laughs> I was like, I can't find the right color, the right shade to go with this, go with that, go with that. I was doing way too much. But small things like that, it's like I didn't have, I had removed the big stuff. And so I was inserting little stuff, which I was like, girl, you're supposed to be at ease. You are failing the assignment right now. It's real, though. That's a well, real thing. That's so true. And so many things I want to add to that. So one, when it comes to the rest, one thing that I really had to understand that in order for my rest to be effective, I had to give myself permission to do so. Right. So, so there would be times where like, I'm tired. I have things I need to do. I was supposed to do these three things today. And instead I sat around the house all day and didn't do anything because I didn't feel like it. But all while I'm resting, I'm thinking about what I should be doing. So then Mm -hmm. I'm not meant I'm physically resting, uh, but I'm not mentally rested and um, I was open um, last season about a, pro- a personal development program that I took. And one of the things they talked to us about this was creating this schedule where for one, and oh, this was tough for me because I used to have a to-do list of 12 things to do, even though in my mind, I knew that I could only realistically do about eight and the eight things could really only be done if I had no interruptions. And I lived in this constant state of feeling behind And I think I had convinced myself that that small amount of pressure was what I needed to be productive. That's not true. If if that's you, that's what you think. That's is lies. You lying to Mm -hmm. yourself. Um, So anyway, so they helped us create this schedule and I don't know, let's say there's a task, task a that I want to do that's supposed to take me 30 minutes. They was like schedule it for 45. Mm. And you do that with each item that you're supposed to do that day. And it ends up giving you so much room. And then mm-hmm. the break, she also had you put in breaks often, way more often than I was doing. Some some days in corporate, no breaks at all. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. None. Okay. Like when was the last time I ate? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, girl. Yeah. Mm. And it really, uh, it really helped me feel more productive and it gave me, I gave myself permission to rest when the break time came because I technically beat my goal, right? Because Mm. this thing that I was supposed to do was supposed to take 30 minutes. I scheduled it for 45. So I'm really ahead of schedule, right? That what that does to my brain, it sends a message to me that we're ahead of schedule now. Now, just between me and you, I might've done the same number of things out of this 12, all eight things could have got done today. But the Mm -hmm. message I'm sending myself about the eight things is completely different. And it changed my whole perspective when it came to productivity and, and living in this state of always feeling behind. And it's really stressful. So Mm-hmm. it's a hard habit to break but don't live there it's so stressful it's so stressful and, it and now I'm like I can't believe I lived there for so long mm-hmm. and so and then the other that leads me to my next point was sometimes these things are so familiar to us that if you take them away we'll know what to do so when yeah. you said oh now some of these mm-hmm. big things was removed so now <laughs> I'm filling up with Christmas tree, Christmas tree stresses, <laughs> it might be. I mean, I don't know. Me and Patrice have not talked about this off this episode, but I, I what I hear is you're you're so familiar mm-hmm. with this constant state of needing to be productive and needing to do things. Or for me, that was feeling behind. I don't know if you have that or not. That in the absence of that, you created it. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes even and a lot of times, and I remember one time, I don't even remember what, what life goal it was. And I was talking to my dad and I was just like, I'm behind schedule. Like, you know, and he was like, right. nobody said that life goal, but you, and nobody told you, you need to do that by 25. <laughs> Who told you that you need to rule the world by 27? Who told you that? My new manager tells me this every one-on-one. She's like, I just want you to know that's all you like. I ain't said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but you don't think no you don't think i'm behind schedule because yes. i because i said i wanted to do it by 28 and i'm already 30 what are you saying dad you know and this is a father okay so he ain't he didn't tell me he ain't told me that i need to do it okay so sometimes you'll be putting that stress not you you personally but you people right yeah, people yeah. in general um put stress we put stress on ourselves um a lot of times unnecessarily. Oh, and then going back to the dress situation. So here's another thing I've learned because I'm not strategic, but I am, I definitely am. um, People used to accuse me in corporate of being an activator, which for the audience is someone who always gets things done. Cause I did always get things done. Mm-hmm. But so sometimes I do take on that responsibility when someone gives me a task and I'm very deadline oriented. So Oh, when you, my first question is going to be, when do you need to dress by? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So some things I've learned to do is instead of stopping what I'm doing and giving my attention to this dress that you need by tomorrow, because usually that's how I work. People need it last minute. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> instead, I take five minutes. I look up some things online. I send you a few links and I say, good luck with that. Let me know how it goes. And then I go back to doing what I need to do. So it doesn't, I've, it's like I've done a little bit of both. Like I haven't mm-hmm. told you no, which sometimes you do got to tell people no. But yes. I haven't told you no. I've assisted you. I just haven't assisted you to the length in which I would have in the past because I understand that I'm willing to give you five minutes. What I'm not willing to do is go shopping with you today all day for the white dress because that's <laughs> that's going to disturb what I got going on. But I can give you five minutes Here's my research. I think this is a look cute on you. They got your size at the Dillard's. Right. Here go to location. Here you go. Right. And let it go, which is really difficult. Right. Um, because me me and Patrice were ladies who lead. Mm-hmm. Right. So to to let that part go and to let someone who is coming to us because presumably they want, you know, our help or possibly our leadership. I don't know. In this mm-hmm. dress hunting situation is hard. That's hard to just give them resources and let it go because like, are they going to do it in enough time? Is she going right. to, you know, she'd be wearing so clothes too tight. She probably ain't about to get the right size. She need my opinion <laughs> about these shoes, right? It becomes a whole nother. It's not just about the dress. It becomes about so much more wearing right. that leadership mindset. Um, and so sometimes I just, I don't say no, I just say, I'm only going to give you this limited amount. See, and I struggle with that because I'm, I say I'm a help, help means to the very end because I'm a literal person, but you know, okay. I, I, I have to, I have a learn, I'm learning. Okay. Healed, not healed or healing, not healed. Right. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I have learned <laughs> to set limits for myself because the truth is me, my world, my work, my, my podcasts, my blogs, everything. It's always planned out. I never have free time. You know, even mm. my free time is scheduled me time. So it's not free. It's mine, you know, and it's important to operate that way for me. Otherwise, it won't happen. So mm. in doing that, you know, what used to be Patrice would push what she's doing right then to deal with the dress. 
now it's okay wing how much time do you have to figure it out let me schedule some time i can maybe squeeze and cut xyz event short and chat to you chat with you about this you know then that's what i'm working on doing i'm not perfect at it i'm beyond sometimes i do fully commit all over again and just throw my whole day off but that is just you know self-inflicted stress and it's something that i have to deal with all the time um and so right now my world has a ton of autonomy like i am learning so much about myself in terms of productivity and like my about my peak hours and what do my peak hours mean what should i not expect myself to commit to during these peak hours like for example for me i'm equally i've learned especially through this pandemic I am equally extroverted as I am introverted, okay? I don't know what the blend of that is. I forgot the the verbiage of it, what it's called, but that's what it is, okay? So I have times of the day where I'm just a social butterfly and I love talking to people. Yeah, and I also need to have times of the day where I am not talking to a single soul. (laughs) And I need time with my music. I need time to just, you know, hash out some emails or go through some systems, whatever the case is. I need time for that. So I have to make sure that I build my day out accordingly. Um, But it took asking myself these tough questions. Now, there's a lot of discomfort in that. There's a ton of discomfort in that because you always feel like you ain't doing shit right. You always Mm. feel like, wait, I'm not stressed, so I must be doing something wrong. I'm not, you know, banging my head up against the wall you know, back to back with meetings and blah, blah, blah. So I must be doing something wrong or I must not be doing anything when in all actuality, you're just working at your pace that makes sense for you. And I think it's very easy to get it mixed up when you don't have that pressure. Um, personally, I used to operate where I was back to back meetings from the time I walked through the door of my office till well after everyone was gone. So sometimes that would be 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. I was back to back, just working. People would have to leave food on my desk and I could just nibble on it in between my meetings. That was to the extent that I used to work and I did that for years at a time. That obviously is not healthy for a, a plethora of reasons from physical to mental to emotional to psychological. That's not okay. But that's where I'm coming from when it comes to the conditioning. And so now that I'm in this state of not only am I building the way that I work and what makes sense for me in productivity, but also my mental health, my spiritual health, and my physical health, that I'm acknowledging that there needs to be time built in for that as well and doing my best to stick with it. It triggers a lot of anxiety when you start putting yourself first. There's a lot of anxiety behind that because you're like, but wait, I'm on company time. Should I take this walk in the middle of the day, even though it's my lunch? Shouldn't I technically still be someone where I can answer a call? You know what I mean? Like, and and no, no, (laughs) you should not. Um, Especially if your role allows you to, you should absolutely not do that to yourself. And so another question this article asks is, what's happening in your mind and in your body right now? And can you breathe into the discomfort and let yourself be for a few minutes, just for a few moments? Let yourself be and identify what you're feeling. For me, it was anxiety because I do tend to deal with that quite a bit when it comes to a lot of things. It's getting better, but it's still growth again, healing, not healed. <laughs> um, and um, as I grow, I realize there are some things that used to make me incredibly anxious. And I mean, my heart pounding and straight on panic attack to now. I feel it. 
I acknowledge it, I identify what's causing it, and then I come to the conclusion that that's just because of my conditioning. That's just because, you know, this is something new for me, but I am fine. You know what I mean? You have to kind of talk yourself through it. Um, letting yourself be in the moment is not easy, but when you are able to find those spaces to find that calm, whether it's meditation, whether it's just sitting in silence, whether it's just reading a book or journaling, whatever the, whatever the case is, those are all healthy actions to give back to yourself and pour back into yourself. And you'd be surprised the things that come to you in terms of solutions for whatever is coming to you, just because you gave yourself your mind a break and time to just slow down and just be with yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, one of the things I need is my solitude. Mm-hmm. So um, being still is not is not an issue for me. Um, but I need to make like a, I have scheduled this time to be by myself schedule. Mm-hmm. Because as we've established, if you haven't heard in previous episodes, I'm antisocial, right? I'm, in, I'm introverted. And dealing with people, any person outside of myself requires energy of me. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to show up in my relationships with friends, family, coworkers, et cetera, I need to be able to fill myself back up. And I fill myself back up with being by myself and quiet. Sometimes is I have a, a morning routine where, you know, I meditate, I journal. I have this process that I do every morning just for me. I've gotten to the point where like, please don't disturb me. Phone is usually muted or vibrated. And even I'm, I'm healing, not healed, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. depending on what the message is or who the call is from, I get tempted to answer or respond. But for the most part, you know, I just keep it there because it's just good. It's so there's so many things happening, social media, life, work, mm-hmm. cooking, right? That you you can go your whole life without really acknowledging how you feel, period. So that really requires quiet time. That requires a cleared mind. Um, I think meditation can be very helpful for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it really requires for you to sit down and be be real quiet, like just you. Um, And you're right. A lot of people struggle with that because it feels weird because I feel like society teaches us that we need to always be stimulated mm-hmm. and that's just simply not true. Yeah. Um, I do want us to talk about self-awareness because we said mm-hmm. we were kind of about in. to say <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, girl. <laughs> self-awareness and how self-awareness is related to this topic. So I do want to share. And as I stated earlier, any um, resources we have will be in the description. Mm-hmm. But, and this is as of 2020, 57% of adults with a mental illness receive no treatment. Over 26 million individuals experiencing a mental illness are going untreated. And this is in the United States. The state prevalence of untreated adults with mental illness ranges from 42.8% in Vermont to 65.8% in Hawaii. And I think that's important just to think about. That kind of shocked me when I saw it because I was like, Those, first of all, there's some high percentages. But when I think of people being mental 
health being untreated. And mind you, that doesn't have to be clinically Mm -hmm. right um Mm -hmm. diagnosed with something mental health is on a spectrum that ranges quite wide but that's i think what the general public tends to think of we all need some sort of attention to our mental health in some way Mm -hmm. um the same way we need to go to the doctor get checked up physically and the dentist to check our teeth out right but right to be self-aware and to understand that something isn't working for you is step one to seek out things that could possibly be different than what you've tried in the past is step two. And that doesn't have to be therapy. There are tons of tools, techniques, meditation, YouTube. We have so many things right. that are ac- access um, at our fingertips when it comes to mindfulness and so many right. other things that will help us. So it doesn't have to be as far as therapy. Um, but that was just staggering for me to think about because what I heard when I saw that or what I assumed that to mean was that there are people living the way they have always lived, possibly in a way that is not working for them, but have not seeked to do anything different than what they've done before. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's sad to me. And, and, and I wish people felt more comfortable addressing their physical needs, doctor, mm-hmm. dentist, hair, right. nails, that they did addressing their their mental needs. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, mental health is already there's always already so much misunderstanding around it for those who are diagnosed and what that truly means. And then you think about those who don't maybe don't have a clinical diagnosis because there isn't a clinical diagnosis, you think I don't need anything. I'm fine. You know, and maybe your environment tells you this is how you're supposed to get through things. You're supposed to join yourself in work. You're supposed to, you know, drink whenever you have a bad day. You're supposed to, you know, isolate yourself whenever you're going through hard times. And that may, that, that may be what you're just conditioned to do. You may not realize that this is only making the situation more difficult or it's causing a spiral or it's becoming a cycle. Um, and so that's one of the things I'm grateful about social media for is that you can see how other people are getting through or coping through, especially when people share their stories about depression, about anxiety, about productivity, about the workforce. You know, if you think about this whole great resignation, I don't think that would happen without social media because we had, I think people had the opportunity to hear from other people how they were feeling about the workforce and decided that they wanted different. You know, um, it's when you have someone else validate your feelings and your experience and then say, let's do this instead. I think that can sometimes help you in terms of understanding an alternate way of going about it, because I, I, t- I tell my family this, our elders all the time, you know, the reason why millennials and Gen Z and some of Gen X are approaching this pandemic the way that we are, rather than working through it as we were conditioned to after watching you go through it is because we saw you go through it. We saw how you worked yourself down to the bone to your very last breath sometimes without even retirement to back you up in your final years. And we don't want that for ourselves. We don't want that for our families. And so we are trying something different. And so I think there's a lot that is that goes unsaid about 
learning from other people outside of your cultural experience, or maybe just people, maybe it's from a book. Maybe it's from a movie that focuses on mental health. It could be a lot of things that influence you that ask to ask yourself, am I dealing with this in a way that's the most healthy for me in my circumstance is how I'm feeling justified. Cause I know for me personally, I didn't like the, how I was feeling, but it took me paying attention to other people and how they dealt with certain circumstances for me to say, damn, I want to get like that. I want to be at a point where I can manage X, Y, or Z encounters and feel calm about it or feel acknowledged about it without being upset or feel whatever the situation was. I want to be able to manage this differently or better yet with work. I don't want to be this tired. I want to, I don't want to grind this hard. I'm only 30 in a couple of weeks. I don't have it in me to do this another 30 years to retirement. That's not going to work, baby. This has got to be a different way, but it took me asking myself that. And it took some other motivations on the outside for me to realize this, to have the courage to do it. So while I do think outside influences definitely influence that thought, I definitely encourage people to not hesitate. If, if, if you look around and realize you're the only person asking this question, that doesn't mean that you're wrong. You know what I mean? That just means that you're the one voicing it. And it's okay to explore that thought. Am I working too hard? Am I not dealing with my problems in a way that helps me cope with them mentally? Should I be this exhausted after this encounter? How can I better address these type of social interactions, et cetera? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Um, and I agree. Um, and I think this is a reason why I'm a proponent of therapy, but it does not have to be a therapist. But I just right. think another person, sometimes speaking your thought process out loud to another person has the other person kind of asking some real questions that make sense that you've never thought about. And I know you've never thought about them because the way you do things seems so obvious to you that that's how you should do them. And Mm -hmm. so until someone else challenges you to say, well, why do you always make a left out of the driveway? (laughs) Have you ever thought about making a right? You know, because most likely, no, you haven't. You, your mama told you and her mama told her and her mama's mama told her that lefts is what you make when you come out the driveway. So no, it's never dawned on you to make a right. (laughs) And then people who are in that role, life coach, therapist, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I'm an accountability partner to someone, just someone in a role that you're asking a mentor, right? That you're asking to kind of challenge you in that way will be like, well, actually, you know, you could get there a lot quicker if you make a right. And then why don't you try it next time and let me know how it goes. And then you make Mm -hmm. a right. And then you're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that a right is so much easier. And I'm using such a simple example. But sometimes just your whole thought process is yours and it was designed by you and it was created by you based Mm -hmm. off of your experiences. So to you, it seems like that's pretty much the only way to do it. And it's not. Mm -hmm. There's so many other there's so Mm -hmm. many other ways to do it. It almost seems factual for you that that's Mm -hmm. the way you should go about doing these things and processing these things and that that's just not the case so sometimes just talking it out loud with another person that you trust Mm -hmm. and you have a good relationship with is a really good way for that that to be checked if that makes sense and through that you start to build self-awareness and really understand like 
okay, this is something I want to work on, or this is something that I feel like I'm, I'm realizing that I'm doing in these instances consistently. Like every time I get to a driveway, I always want to go left. You know what? How can I make sure that I check myself before I pull out and say, Patrice, we going right this time. You know what I mean? Like it's important to have that conversation with yourself. Like I said, I I still do it when it was certain interactions or there are people who are all can be triggers for you that you may not realize it. There are instances, there are work environments, there are, pe- there are, I, was, I already said people, there are habits, <laughs> you know, um, everyone has triggers. I think that's a very natural thing, even without clinical diagnosis. There is something that upsets you or something that causes you to get out of your calm element, your natural state of calm. That happens for everybody. It's called emotion. And when the emotion is what we like to call negative, meaning sad, mad, anger, rage, etc., it's okay to ask yourself that question and say, how can I better manage this so it doesn't take so much from me? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is going to start to build a self-awareness of identifying what's when you're feeling that way, what's causing you to feel that way, the root of why you're feeling that way, and then possibly a solution to better manage when you feel that way. So it doesn't take so much from you. Yeah. I think it's just setting yourself up for success, right? Because Mm -hmm. you want to be, you want to put yourself in situations where, you know, you're going to do well. And if you do come across something where where you're not, you think that it could be a trigger for you. then now you have an extra tool. You're just adding tools to your toolbox by talking to people about your processes and, and things that maybe you had not previously considered talking to them about or getting resources that you didn't previously have. Um, and then before we go, Patrice, I know you wanted to bring up the topic of trust. Yes, 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 yes. And it's a rhetorical question, but I want this to kind of be the last um, one that we unpack here. What things would and could you do if you were to just trust yourself? So I want to end unpacking this because I feel like through my almost two years of therapy, it has always boiled right back down to this. Um, And trust, essentially. And so I asked the audience, and it's a rhetorical question, I just want you to ask yourself that, and we can unpack as well. Imagine the things you could and would do if you just trusted yourself. And I connect that to this, because for some, you may be like, fuck Patrice, that makes sense. How does that connect to this? But you know me, I'm going to bring it back. Hold on. So (laughs) (laughs) we go left first, then we come right, okay? Stay with me. (laughs) Um, You know, the reason why I personally, I'm going to use myself as an example, why I struggle to give myself those breaks. The reason why I struggle sometimes to be intentional about taking that time is the need to get back to it and make sure that it's done, to hit that goal. And if I trusted myself to have a day off, relax, come back to it and hit that goal and still be and keep the same momentum, hit the same level of productivity. Because it's going to happen. I'm an ambitious person. It's going to happen. I've proven time and time again, I don't have a problem taking accomplishing things. That's never been a problem at all. In fact, if anything, I'm I'm overzealous a little bit in terms of commitment. Mm -hmm. And I tend that's usually my undoing. So if I took the time to be proactive about giving myself what I need and trusted myself to still be on track and not falling off or burning out or et cetera, whatever the case is, I will probably be a lot better about it. And so I ask the audience all the things 
you worry about of what your what you can do your abilities to do you know no matter what the goal is getting your kids to school on time working out losing weight um being more optimistic whatever the case is imagine the things you could do if you just trusted yourself mm. you know what comes to me when I think of trusting yourself heads in a completely different direction than what you just said, but maybe still um, mm-hmm. worth mentioning for someone who's listening. So again, in this personal development program I was in, they were talking about relationships with other people, mm-hmm. not necessarily romantic, but just people in general. And um, this concept of us protecting ourselves from getting hurt by other people came up mm-hmm. and he was talking about how, really what we should do this is a tool given to Mm -hmm. me in a personal development class just putting that out there okay Mm -hmm. um (laughs) what we should do is instead of trying to worry about who will and won't hurt us we Mm -hmm. should trust ourselves that we will recover if they do it's not a matter of a person hurting you because the expectation that someone will never hurt you is is an unrealistic one someone in the future will hurt you again period mm-hmm. assuming you still alive and breathing it well because people are human and they make mistakes right. and whether it's intentionally or unintentionally hurt will happen again and so that was such a powerful moment for me to think about trust of self in a completely different way because really we put a lot of pressure on other people when we put this trust in other people Mm -hmm. to show up to be there for us emotionally to be whoever it is we think they're supposed to be or maybe they signed up and agreed to be I don't know depending Mm -hmm. on the situation but you in order to give that grace you have to go forward knowing you're going to be able to recover and I think he used an example of like a bird does not trust the branch it trusts its wings Mm. so you don't need to be putting your trust we put our trust in the wrong place um and it was such a powerful thought for me um and I just wanted to share that because that's when I think now when I think of trust of self that's what I think of not mm. at all to take away w- what you said but you know trust of self can show up in a lot of different ways and a lot of us I mean we, you know and we kind of talked about this in our cancel culture episode but you know, we real quick to cut people off. That was me back some time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick to cut people off. That's mm-hmm. you protecting you. Mm-hmm. Right. From mm-hmm. some sort of behavior or characteristic that you've associated with someone who has hurt you in the past or that you think has the potential to hurt you in the future. And that's really what that behavior comes from. And so that's just food for thought, you know, yeah. um, on the trust of self. No, I do like that because... Um, me personally, I, I tend to operate from a state of hypercritical, being hypercritical of myself and also even sometimes even self-doubt as well. Um, not, I wouldn't say so much heavily self-doubt, probably more hypercritical than anything. But I think sometimes the two, you know what I mean, can show up in people a lot of times. And so I did not think about, you know, trusting others and then also trusting yourself to bounce back. So that that's also powerful in terms of business partnerships, relying on your significant other whatever the case is. Um, so that, that's real. That's real. Um, I think that stress and worry about the future and the, what if this doesn't happen? What if that doesn't happen? I think that, that often people really underestimate how powerful they truly are. Again, you guys 
hear me talk about, you know, yourself, your power within yourself often on our podcast. And I think that that also ties into trusting yourself. It will happen. You've done it. You've done something like it. You've turned over this leaf. You're on the track to it. Give yourself that grace to take a break, to check in with yourself and to also check on your mental health. Um, Healing and not being healed is not an easy thing to do, especially in today's world where the world is still (laughs) trying to put itself back together again after a pandemic. It's still facing racism and injustices. It's still dealing with capitalism and medical um, uh, tragedies and people dying and people getting sick and our families being isolated and you have work, then you have, you know, that it's still what it is. And we are going from our healing, our new healing selves, this new state of mind where we want to take intent and be intentional about our growth and our self-development and continue to maintain that and not lose track of it. And so something I'll leave you with is to definitely trust yourself to all. One, not go back. Because after you've had that milestone, that breakthrough, that spiritual breakthrough or that um, mental breakthrough where you realize that this is the route you want to take in terms of your growth and development. Trust yourself not to go back, right? And then also acknowledge that this is the world that we work in, so you're going to have to be intentional about it. It's not going to come to you naturally. If you don't make it a priority, it won't happen. Mm -hmm. But because you are invested in yourself, you can make it happen. Um, And definitely, um, I I want the takeaway to also be productivity, because sometimes productivity includes laying in the bed all damn day. That's completely fine. That may, that is a part of the productivity, honey. So the next day, you back at it. Or maybe the next week. Who freaking knows, depending on what it is. Um, but I want us to be more um, graceful and patient um, when it comes to ourselves and gives us a, give ourselves a break. Because this year, this past year, these last two years have been trying for the world. <laughs> as a whole, um, every, from every community. And, um, I definitely want us to acknowledge that. And as we go back and whether we are considering this post pandemic or still in the middle of a pandemic, I know everybody's got different perspectives on that. Please understand that, you know, you don't want to operate at the same pace you were before. I think we've all grown and changed throughout these last two years. And it's important for us to continue to grow and take that into account. So um, healing, not heal, ladies and gentlemen. There you <laughs> have it. Um, I don't think I have anything else to add on, on the subject. Yeah, healing, not healed, and that's okay. Um, yeah. And um, if you don't already, please mm-hmm. go follow us on Melanated Intellects on IG. Um, of course, you know, we're always there for you all to be able to DM or, or comment underneath our posts. Um, definitely share our podcast, um, leave a review, like, uh, share it with loved ones and uh, other, you know, family and friends or anyone who you think might enjoy. We would really appreciate it. Yes, yes, yes. Y'all take care of yourselves and goodbye. Bye.